Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Tuesday the 13th of February. I'm Michael Bailey and on today's show... Chelsea leave it late at Selhurst Park. Lays it back to Gallagher! We saw the worst and the best of them. Chelsea may have stolen it at Selhurst Park. What to get excited about as the Champions League returns. I think this could be a year for an outsider. I think the favourites are weaker than usual. And is it now or never for Mbappe to Real Madrid? The difference between figures are really great. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. I reckon we begin with what happened last night. Chelsea are up to the dizzy heights of 10th in the Premier League. Yes, that's the top half. That's after they came from behind to win 3-1 at London rivals Crystal Palace with the two winning goals both coming in the four minutes of added time. Lays it back to Gallagher! Fernandes! And that certainly will finish it off for Chelsea. The Athletics' Chelsea correspondent Simon Johnson was at Selhurst Park. Well, this really was a tale of two halves for Chelsea. We saw the worst and the best of them. Pochettino even said off the back of the first half performance, in some ways they didn't deserve to win the game. But he did emphasise the second half performance he was happy with and that they did deserve to win the game. And I think he and the players deserve some credit for the way they turned it around. Of course, Pochettino made a substitution, bringing Nkunku on for Madweke, and it did make an impact. Palace had far more to worry about and of course Conor Gallagher in particular came back to haunt them once again and now he scores his first Premier League goals of the season but what a huge, within reason, a huge night it was for Chelsea because just for the fourth time this season they've managed to come from behind to win and that will give the squad some confidence. They've got much tougher opposition to come in, in Manchester City away next up in the league, followed by Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. But all in all, Chelsea back in 10th. They are the 10th place champions this season. But at least, they, again, they, they've made up some ground on the teams above them and they're just breathing new life into this season, which has been a very difficult one for them so far. That's now 13 straight wins against Palace for Chelsea. And no, you can't play them every week. Sorry. As for Palace, it's now one win and four defeats from their five games this year. They remain 15th, five points clear of the relegation zone and with the pressure still on manager Roy Hodgson. One can only hope that the fans are realistic. I mean, they they know our injury problems. Palace face Everton, Burnley, Luton and Nottingham Forest in their next six games. Woof. Meanwhile, in Italy... Curled in, flicked on... And then poked in from close range by Lautaro Gianetti. Just his second ever match in Udinese colours. And he gives the Friulani the lead in the backyard 
of Juventus. Yes, Juventus suffered a shock 1-0 defeat at home to Udinese, who won for only the third time all season. That's now successive losses for Max Allegri's side, who were beaten at Leaders Inter last weekend. Juve remain second in Serie A, but are now seven points off the pace. And in Spain, Almeria remain winless after 24 matches at the bottom of La Liga. Their 10 men did hold on to a goalless draw at home to Athletic Club, but that was only their seventh point of the season, which means they're still on course for the worst season in the history of Europe's big five leagues. The current record is set by Derby in the 2007-8 Premier League season when they finished with just 11 points. Come on, lads, you only need five more. It's been a while, but now it's back, baby. It's yes, the Champions League returns tonight. And it's been about two months since the group stages. So I think we're all entitled to a season recap of where exactly we are with the plot. There are two British teams left, defending champions Manchester City and Arsenal. Most of the other usual suspects are still there too. Spain's big three of Real and Atletico Madrid, as well as Barcelona. The German powerhouse pair of Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. Italy's finest in Inter and AC Milan. And there's one more big dog in Paris Saint-Germain. Taking that lot on are the likes of Real Sociedad, Porto, Lazio, RB Leipzig, PSV Eindhoven and FC Copenhagen, who you may recall helped knock out Manchester United at the group stage. Here to bring the Champions League nous and knowledge is our senior writer, Michael Cox. Michael, it's not the best last 16 draw, but what's got you excited about the games to come? I think the best ties are probably the ones happening next week, actually. I think the three I would pick out would be PSV Dortmund. I'm excited to see how PSV do. They won their first uh, 16 league games of this season. Maybe dropped off a little bit in recent weeks, but I think they're the kind of outsider that could thrive this season. Inter against Atletico is two teams I just trust them to navigate knockout stage ties very efficiently maybe not always the most exciting football but I think two very well drilled teams and Napoli Barcelona a meeting between two champions who it must be said are struggling badly this season Uh, Napoli down in seventh in Syria and Barcelona obviously doing so badly that they're uh, set to part ways with Xavi Hernandez at the end of the campaign so there's a couple of decent ones this week but I think the uh, the best ones are still to come. We can all hang on as well as look forward to the ones coming up. I mean, it was two months ago that the group stages were completed. Are there clubs you feel are are better or worse for that break? I'd say probably fewer than usual. I mean, sometimes you just have mad variations between autumn form and spring form. I think last year in particular was a weird one because we had a World Cup in between the two rounds. This time, I mean, Barcelona, again, the fact that they've made that decision to to part ways with, with Xavi, I think, speaks to the fact they're not in good form. They haven't been over the last couple of months. Maybe Lazio picked up a little bit more. But yeah, probably less so than usual, actually. I think most of these sides have been relatively consistent. And indeed, the sides who have, have been inconsistent are the ones who are no longer in the competition. That's very true, which is probably why not as well. Uh, all 16 clubs are four rounds from winning the European Cup now. Who, who do you fancy? Who have you got your eye on to go all the way? I mean, Manchester City have to be strong favourites. I don't think they're any weaker than last season when they won it. 
For a bit more of an outsider, I'd go for Inter. Don't know whether you can call them an outsider because they got to the final last year, but they're so good at, at knockout competitions. Uh, the record of Inzaghi, not just in the Champions League, but in the Italian Cup as well, is very good. And I've also got my eyes on PSV. I think this could be a year for an outsider. I think the the favourites are weaker than usual. And uh, it's obviously very rare that you get a real outsider from outside the big five leagues getting to the semi-finals, even the quarterfinals. But they're a very good, well-drilled, cohesive side. And against Dortmund, I think that's a decent draw, probably one of the better draws they could have had. So, yeah, there's uh, there's a few kind of emerging teams. I mean, even someone like Arsenal is probably about fourth favourite, which seems crazy considering they have, you know, this team has absolutely no real experience of Champions League knockout competition. But, you know, with Napoli dropping off, Barcelona dropping off, a couple of the bigger names like Liverpool not even in the competition, maybe it's a year where one of the outsiders could make a decent run. Thanks, Michael. The round of 16 ties start with a couple of first legs tonight. Man City head to Copenhagen, while Real Madrid take on RB Leipzig. You can watch both of those games and all the European action on TNT Sports in the UK, where both matches kick off at 8pm. If you're in the US, it's Paramount+. Plus. Now, Real Madrid will have to tackle RB Leipzig in both legs without this season's sensation, Jude Bellingham. The England midfielder hurt his ankle in the 4-0 win over Girona on Saturday and will miss the next few weeks. Our Real Madrid correspondent, Mario Cortegana, is already in Leipzig and he joins us now. Mario, how big a blow is it for Real to lose Bellingham, even if it is only for a few weeks? Of course, it's a very big uh, absence for Real Madrid, but... uh... It was mentioned that Real Madrid have done really well without the Englishman because they have won their five matches with without him. But it's the Champions League night, and you you are supposed to need your best to to go ahead. So let's see. But uh, I'm feeling that the the dressing room is confident about the match. So how will Carlo Ancelotti fill the Jude size gap? So I have asked Ancelotti in the press conference about Brian playing instead of Bellingham because that was the case in the five uh, previous occasions without the Englishman. He considered that uh, it was a, a good hint, but then he pointed to the fact that he's not, and I'm quoting him, Brian is not a giant, and uh, we all know that uh, Leipzig are a strong team in aerial ball. So I think he has suggested that Joselu has some good chance to, to start the game. And finally, you've also been busy looking into what happens between Kylian Mbappe and Real this summer. What's the latest? Yeah, so we are now, as we predicted, in a, a similar scenario than in, back in 2022. Real Madrid have positive indications from the player. So Florentino, who is the, the main guy pushing for the deal to happen, he had a positive indication from Mbappe, but turns out that Mbappe's camp, important voices within his camp, have some doubts about Real Madrid offer. So PSG are still there. I think that uh, Mbappe has expressed uh, previously that he wants to play for Real Madrid one day, but he has now the chance to, to do so. And he has maybe the last chance for him to do so. And Real Madrid expect a final definitive uh, answer from him very soon. They actually wanted to to finish the soap opera in mid-January. They are still waiting a bit more, but uh, Florentino still hopes and believes he will accept. But 
the difference between figures are really great and really huge. One to keep an eye on then. Thanks, Mario. And that's all for today's briefing. Thank you for listening. I've been Michael Bailey. Your producers were Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman with the executive producer chair taken up by Ian McIntosh. I'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a terrific Tuesday. The Athletic.